Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 17th of October. It is a Thursday morning, and today is Dream Theme Thursday, and I have a lot of dreams, so I got to get through them, and I'm going to start now. And neither is anonymous today, so woohoo! Um, I have a listener, um, Paul Clark, whose sister happened to be listening to the show while he was listening to it, but not actually a regular listener, or maybe she was. However, what happened was she turned in a dream, so let's go for it. Um, and here we go. And it's uh, just a little bit of background. Um, Paul Clark lost his mom um, a while ago and like within the last two years inside of, and he just lost his father. So they've been going through a lot of the losses. Um, so this is just a little bit of background, but let me get started with the dream because it's a long one. Hey, Wonder Twin, this is a dream from my sister that she would like to hear all about. My mom and I were in the kitchen at the table. Someone got our attention and we looked out of the window. There were pieces of the house flying off in the yard. Once there was a lot of them, we went out to investigate. We walked into the deck in the back of the house, but it wasn't our deck. It was our neighbor's deck. My mom asked the man nearby for help. He was a short Hispanic man who looked fat at first, then looked skinny and younger. He was helping to move the pieces closer to the house, and suddenly we were under the deck helping to move items. As I tuned, as I turned around, I saw my mother was only wearing her bra and underwear. This was surprising because she was always modest about the way she dressed in public. I said something to her about it that she should put clothes on, but she said it was fine and kept working. Shortly after, she hurt her knee, so I said she should go to physical therapy. Next thing, we were in New York City, and we were in a black town car with a limousine driver and a third person who may have been one of my nieces. The car was driving on a main avenue going uptown, and suddenly I was walking beside it on the sidewalk. My mom asked me to get back in the car, but I decided to walk. I saw some plastic flower pots that I thought I need to put in a trash can. When I turned around, the car was a few blocks up the street, and I had to run very fast to catch up. Once I caught up, my mother asked me again to get in the car, and the third person looked at me and agreed with my mom. I saw more plastic flower pots and said I needed to put those in the trash can as well. I picked them up and placed them in the trash can, and when I turned, the car was gone. I had to sprint to catch up to it several more blocks, excuse me, away. They convinced me to get in the car, and we drove to the location. Inside, the counter was in what was like a fast court a food court mall a food court in the mall but where we 
were was counters like a doctor's office. The lady at the information desk pointed us to the proper desk and we checked in and went into the back in a small room. A woman came in and did some preliminary checks and told us to go to the room where my mom would see the doctor. The three of us went, my mom in front, into a very large room with rows and rows of people in hospital beds. There was a man asking for water from the nurse, holding out an empty cup, and my mom walked over to help him. She took the cup from him and walked to the water cooler. I told her not to do it because he could have a medical condition she didn't know about and maybe he wasn't supposed to have water, but she did it anyway, and suddenly it wasn't a water cooler, but something like a large bowl with something floating in it that I can only describe as looking like two small balls of wet bread dough stuck together or an unrecognizable ew, small body part, maybe. Next thing I know, my mother is in the bed. All of the beds were raised so really high so that they were about chest level and they were all covered in dark blue sheets. We were talking when all of a sudden I found myself walking down a hall where there were more beds, just one row of them against the wall. There are two women at the end of the row and one of them was pregnant, but she was there for a problem not related to that. This was a private patient area. I turned a corner to what felt like I was going to see my mom, but it was a private room with two people, and in the closer bed was my dad. I don't recall if he acknowledged me or not. He was adjusting himself in the bed as if he were uncomfortable, and I saw a look of mild pain on his face. The nurse said she and another nurse were going to help him get more comfortable. I heard noises coming from the other area, so I went to see what it was. The pregnant lady had gone into labor and several people were moving about with bowls of water, clean sheets, and other things, moving her around to get her in the position for delivery. I turned towards my father's room and then looked back and the woman was holding her belly, which was protruding and moving outward with the baby's motion. Her stomach turned, was turning blue. When I went back to my father's room, they had removed his clothing, clothing and sheets, so he was naked on the bed. His stomach was bulging like he was pregnant. They turned him on the side and lifted his leg and pulled out a small bloody baby. I was shocked and confused. They lowered the baby to the floor first, feet first, and he walked around to see me. He still had a little blood on him, but he was now a toddler almost, but not yet two years old. A Caucasian boy with blonde hair, pale skin, wearing a striped short sleeved shirt, light khaki shorts, short socks, and tennis shoes. By the time he reached me, the blood was gone and he was clean. I picked him up and took him around to see my dad in the way that a mother is presented with her new baby. I got the feeling this was his grandchild. The young boy looked at him and started pointing at him and saying loudly, pop, 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 pop. This is where the dream ended. Well, I'm really glad that I told you prior to reading the dream, because I, I 
you know, just got the dream like a few minutes before the show that both of their parents had passed away inside of two years. At least I think, you know, sometimes time goes by fast or not, but inside of that time. And this dream, it's like both parents came, business as usual, to visit you. And with all these moving parts of all these people laying in bed, all these people ready to leave, yet kids were born and things were just kind of off, a blue stomach, a man delivering, everything that's outside of the normal, your dad naked, now he was delivering, your mom with her bra on and basically telling you don't worry. You not getting in the car with you, mom. You're not realizing that they have already passed. And all this stuff is going on. Just some stuff that matters and means something and some stuff that doesn't to you. All at one time. Stuff that makes sense and doesn't. Plastic plants. You know, bunches of beds. People asking for things. Like, it's almost like people who are all almost ready to go, but really you kind of walked into a dream of a bunch of people who left. And it was really like you were the only one alive observing all of this going on. That they, they, they really did transition. Because in our mind, when our parents leave, they don't leave us. Physically, they leave. And I know that sounds so cliche, like, oh, they really don't die. But that's not what I'm saying. There is no way for us to detach from the parents that we have. The memories we have, the conversations we had, the life we lived, how they left, all come into play. But it's not a mistake that this happened so soon after your dad left because now there's a reconciliation that they are gone, that they have gone to another world. You are reconciling that. You are absorbing it, accepting it, and realizing that there was actually nothing you could have done to stop it. You couldn't take care of all those people who were leaving and who have left. It was like you visited their world instead of them visiting yours. And one of the biggest clues in it, and I know it's going to sound weird because this guy has nothing to do with anybody, was a Hispanic man who looked fat at first and looked skinny and younger. When we dream about people who have passed or we see them, they tend to not look like what we thought. They they go back to a time when they were younger, just a little bit younger. And even my dad, the day he passed, I got a call and I remember my body physically just like, you know how you see in the movies, somebody who's scared, they're literally shaking, like their hands and everything just go. And that happened to me. 
And when that happened, I I was listening to my sister on the phone, but I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that my dad had died or was dying. And I thought, gosh, I just talked to him and, and, and you know, he was going to work. What, where did this come from? Because it was sudden. There wasn't a buildup to it. He wasn't like sick. And then, you know, we just were waiting for any day. He was dressed. He was showered. He was ready to go to work. And he had food on the oven when he died. So I realized I had to go pick up my daughter from her friend's house that she slept over because for I just needed my family around me. I called my daughter. I said, I'm coming to pick you up. I knew he died. Like, I know they were taking him to the emergency room, and I know all that was going on, but I knew he died, even though he didn't die yet to us. Because on my way there, I saw my father walking up to me while I was driving, but like, you know, like a vision almost. And he was wearing these like dickies. I don't know if you guys know the dickies, those pants, but like a baby blue color with a plaid shirt on walking towards me younger and skinnier and just different. You know, he had red hair and he had like this, his hair and it was um, curly and I just saw him coming up to me and it wasn't like glaring red like carrot red it was like a an auburn red and he was just walking up towards me and I knew he had left and time was just going to catch up to it and you were experiencing the realization the reconciliation that you could help, but you can't stop these things. No matter what's going on, parts of the house flying away were your parents leaving. And it getting put back together again is now the family coming back together again without them. And it's a very interesting dynamic that nobody really talks about but when one parent is gone the family still feels like the parents are there because you can physically see the other parent when both parents are gone there are so many adjustments that the brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces and nephews and everybody have to go through to figure out who you guys are without them because they are like the matriarchs of the family. The fact that you saw your father naked and your mom without her clothes was saying, I left this life, I'm gone physically, but I'm not actually gone. I just don't need the same things. I don't need the house anymore. I don't need the clothes anymore. I'm I'm driving away from the scene. I'm going somewhere else. And you're still thinking here, gosh, I need to throw those plants away. I can't get in the car. Why do you guys want me to get in the car? Just let me walk. And then they get up ahead of you because their life is independent of yours. And there is a clear separation that, okay, they're gone now. 
take your life on. Do your best. We did our thing. Do your thing. This is our thing. And we are together. The fact that they were apart, but you saw them together. But seeing your mom in a way you've never seen her before, where she would never go out in her bra and underwear. And your dad, I'm sure, would never lay naked in front of you. But they were stripped of what they had here. They no longer needed it, that they were free. Free of whatever it is here asks of us. So it was you visiting their world, not them coming to visit yours. And these kind of dreams, whether you realize it or not, while you're in the dream, is your first sign that they didn't go. They're still in your heart. They're still in your mind. And because they're not here physically, they visited you. Only it's different. The cool part is, is that nothing is as it seems. Your dad delivered the baby that was not like your background at all. And it let you know that life goes on. Life continues with or without us here. but that the connections are not what they seem. We always think our connections are to, because we are a certain color or a certain race or a certain background or live somewhere certain, that those are these unspoken boundaries in our lives. But that the love of a child is love. Love is love is love. And that everything isn't as it seems. Even a man can deliver a baby, even though the lady was delivering, the pregnant lady, but now it was your dad actually having the baby in the dream. That's telling you that anything and everything is possible not to shut down. Anything you think you could do and feel like, well, no, I can't because whatever that because is, you don't need. So give yourself the space and the freedom to explore. Life is not over yet where you're just on a rinse and repeat cycle. The unexpected is still there in your life. And with all this stuff going on and look at all the detail you remembered everything in that you can build a bridge from this dream to real life, the unexpected. Nothing is as it seems. They're okay. This is such a powerful dream. And these dreams are so poignant because they happen soon after we lose someone because it's easiest to happen then. We're all in this emotional space of changing, grieving, accepting, feeling sad, feeling, you know, this anger yourself sometimes, like, oh, why didn't I do this? And why didn't I do that? But, you know, all that is gone 
even if you don't realize you're going through all of the stages of grieving, we all go through them when we lose somebody. And most of the time, the anger part isn't at them. It's at what we think we should have, could have, would have done. Even if it was just one extra phone call. But you've reconciled all that in this dream. There, in many parts, even though they're both gone, it was a business as usual dream. Yeah, it had a lot of obscure things that made you remember it. Like my dad was naked out of the bed. My dad actually had nothing to hide, is really what he's saying. I have nothing to hide. I'm here. I'm free. It's okay. Your mom, nothing to hide. But as modest as she was, even in the dream, she was not totally naked outside. So she's still modest. But it's kind of interesting because we don't actually have bodies once we go because we don't need the body anymore. But it's interesting that, you know, they have to come back in recognizable form. You won't even know who you're dealing with in your dream. It's just interesting. But a baby, birth, passing, being like people lined up like they're in, in a lot of company. But they exited that world of being ill or sick or just not feeling good into a world where there's still vital people. Your dad is rebirthed himself. He is in a new place, and he's happy there. He's showing you. Look, I I went on. I'm whole again, just like a brand-new baby. So I hope that that – I don't know how you felt after you had this dream, but I sure hope that you take away from it. So many things, you know, that no matter what you have to go through, you know, fight for yourself. You're worth it. It's worth it. Life is worth it. We're not shut down until we're gone. We are not shut down until we are gone. So keep that one in mind because that's your overall message here. No matter what happens, your house flies away or, you know, somebody who's not supposed to have a baby has a baby or cars ahead of you, you will always catch up and go beyond. You just have to know that you can because we get stuck. And you don't have to be. They're showing you that no matter how old you are, no matter why you think you can't, no matter what you think is worrying you or bothering you or that you haven't done it's still there to be done so I hope you enjoyed your interpretation thank you for all the details I love details so I have another dream from Susan and she said crazy dream today but that was last week and I didn't see it on our radio page because if you put them a little later it's hard for me to find everything But it was, I was flying above a trail with people below. I loved it, but I was sorry for those who could not fly yet. I didn't want to scare anyone or get any attention for flying, 
So I pulled myself back to earth and walked again. As I continued the trail, it turned into a swamp and I started sinking. I could not swim. The mud was too thick. So I kept sinking. No one was around to help me. I knew that was it. I closed my eyes and drowned. But then I woke up again in the dream and continued another story. There was no fear, worry, or concern at any point. I just wanted to share my joy and teach others to fly. What a dream. You know, the highs and lows. Everything's great. Everything's not great. But the good news in the dream is that you accepted both. You accepted flying, but you did feel sorry for people who couldn't fly yet. And you don't need to. Everybody is where they need to be. So accept where you are and don't worry about anybody else because you can't until you can really, really be where you want to be or are. It's not about being ahead of anyone or behind anyone for that matter. You don't need to walk again because other people can't fly. Think about that for a minute. But if you're flying, you need to know where you're going because when we walk, we can see ahead of us. When we're flying, we can see above ground. So where, where are you steering yourself? Because once you did come back to earth and walk again, you sank. And you accepted just like you did flying, but you didn't really accept it. You brought yourself back down to kind of match others. But where were the others when you were sinking? They were gone. The people you came down to join weren't there. And you couldn't swim. So that feeling of closing your eyes and drowning was you allowing yourself to no longer be so hard on yourself that you need these extremes of being all the way up or all the way down. Because you woke up again, and the fact that you allowed yourself to go, that's our biggest fear. Our biggest fear is dying. And because you let yourself go, you just closed your eyes, and you knew it. You knew that no one was around to help you. But you did it, and I know it's going to sound weird to say, successfully. You let go of everything, the flying, the people, the help you need, the help you think you need. Because this dream is telling you it's all already inside of you. You're looking outside for this and for that and trying to find everything everywhere. 
and you exhaust yourself. You're flying above people. You can see them. You want to teach them, but you don't know what you're teaching yourself yet. But you just let it all go. No one was around to help you. And you knew that this was it. The other big part of your dream, which I think is the best part of it all. And we talked about this, not dying in your dreams, even though you watch yourself die. Your eyes, you close them, and you drowned. But what happened? You woke up again. And you let go of the fear, the worry, or the concern at any point because you have to, to to let go and die. And you also, going back to even the first dream, we don't actually die. We just leave this body, this chaos. And when we let go of the fear and the worry and the concern, There's always this saying, I say, we're free to roam. Because all of those things, they just tie people up in knots and they tie the people around you up in knots because you're the knot. But when those knots are gone, you are free and you got to be free. That's the flying. That's the freedom. And when you said, what a dream, what a dream. Oh, you guys, great dreams. Um, Tomorrow, I will not be here. I will be back on Monday. I have an autism conference I'm going to for three days, and I got to leave like 5 o'clock in the morning. So I will see you guys Monday morning. Have a great Friday, great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.